This episode brought to you by Repenting Roses, the flower delivery service that repairs your relationships. Come on, guys. We know why you really buy roses, and it isn't for anniversaries. It's for when you fuck up. At Repenting Roses, they'll do the heavy relationship lifting for you. You don't even have to know when you did something wrong. Repenting Roses will monitor the social media feeds of your wife, mistress, and other loved ones for cryptic passive-aggressive comments. You might not know what they're talking about, but we all know it was probably your fault. When Repenting Roses senses that you have fucked up, they will send out two dozen roses with a heartfelt message in your handwriting. Sign up for Repenting Roses today at whatido.com. It's cheaper than alimony. Hello and welcome to Horror Movie Talk, an opinionated and accidentally funny horror movie review show. Your schlubby hosts each week are Bryce Hansen, the cool collected nihilist, and David Day, a cool guy who is always cool. New theatrical releases always get priority, but we also review older horror movies that are good and horrorable. I'm Bryce Hansen. And I'm a cool guy who is always cool. Welcome, everyone, to the show. Um, check out our website at horrormovietalk.com. And while you're there, please take our audience survey. You're going to hear us say this in the show for the next couple months. We're taking a survey of our listeners, and we'd like you to participate. It'll help us learn more about you, no matter how long you've been a listener or how frequently you listen to the show. So please take a minute and visit our website at horrormovietalk.com. You'll find the listener survey link right on the main navigation bar on the website and also if you're in the episode post it'll be on the sidebar at the top you can complete the survey anonymously thanks yeah also yeah check us out on social media we're on twitter facebook just search for horror movie talk um horror movie talk podcast on facebook we post episodes every wednesday give us a subscribe and a review yeah all right today we'll be talking about suspiria the new one We'll start out by giving a brief review and our score for the movie. We score on a scale of 1 to 10, 5 being average, 1 being bad, and 10 being good. After we give our score, we'll get into a discussion about the movie and mark out when we're going to start talking about spoilers and take a deeper dive into what we liked and hated about the movie. Uh, later, we'll also be doing a couple bits. We'll be doing taglines for the movie. That's where we come up with uh, taglines that we think fit better. And horror movie news. Thanks again for listening. Let's get into the show. Oof, Suspiria. Yeah. So yeah, like I said, we went and saw Suspiria um, last Thursday, and there is a lot to unpack with this one. Oh my god. Here's the trailer. beginning she gave me things perfect balance perfect sleep oh, she wants to get inside of me i can feel her oh, she can see me when you dance the dance of another you make yourself in the image of its creator. I feel like I'm not even here yet. The template's incredible. One, two, three. The way she transmits her work. You have to decide 
What is it you want to be for this company? There's more in that building than what you can see, Doctor. You're living with dangerous people. Three mothers. Three God, three devil. Mother Tenebrarum, Mother Lacrimarum, and Mother Suspiriorum. Darkness, tears, <laughs> and sighs. You're making some kind of deal with them. So yeah, Suspiria can be found in select theaters now. I think it's about 250 theaters across the U.S. And I assume it's going to have some kind of wide release eventually. People are going to be talking about this a lot. Oh, <laughs> just just going back and listening to that trailer. Oh my god. <laughs> it gives me the creeps. Yeah, I watched the trailer and I... I didn't realize how much they show in the trailer in, in terms of like one of the more disturbing sequences. And uh, yeah, anyways. This movie, this movie makes me physically upset. Right. Very upset. Yeah, the experience was very interesting sitting next to David because he was very uncomfortable. Like, squirm. Anyways, oh. we'll get more into that. Uh, Suspiria takes place in the politically tumultuous 1977 Berlin and follows a young woman, Susie Banyan, played by Dakota Johnson, seeking out her dream to dance in the famed Tanz Dance Academy under her idol, Madame Blanc, played by Tilda Swinton. Not everything is right in the Dance Academy. The movie opens with a frantic and distressed dancer, Patricia, played by Chloe Grace Moretz, which was surprising to me, I didn't recognize her. Um, she was visiting her psychiatrist doctor, Joseph Klemperer, played by Lutz Ebersdorf. We'll get to him later. Yeah. Patricia's frantic and panicked statements about the Academy come off as schizophrenic and delusional to Dr. Klemper, but are an omen of things to come. We find out that the dance studio is undergoing a crisis of leadership as the company is split between having the unseen founder, Helena Marcus, continue as the president? I can't remember what, what it was. Director? I don't know. Yeah, there was a there was a lot of um it was it w- I just can't remember yeah. what the the title that yeah, they're they're yeah. electing to or Madame Blanc, the artistic director. As Susie gets integrated into the dance studio and quickly ascends to principal dancer, Dr. Klemperer and another dancer named Sarah, played by Maya Goth, investigate what is going on at Tan's Dance Academy. Lots and lots of concurrent plots and protagonists yeah. in this movie so it's, it's we, we'll have a lot to talk about it's complex and it's two and a half hours long so yeah. i mean 
Um, there's a great, great, there's a great, there's a great quote from Tilda Swinton that I'll play later. This is undeniably a good movie, but depending on your taste and comfort level, it might not be worth seeing. <laughs> David was highly disturbed by this movie. Yeah, this, this movie, like, it's ruined the last couple days for me since seeing it. Like, it's just stuck with me and made me upset. Yeah, it deals with uh, many different concepts at once and features many concurrent protagonists. So there's a lot going on at the same time. At two and a half hours, there's plenty of time to explore the characters and themes, but I still came away with questions about what exactly I just witnessed. Yeah. While trying to navigate the labyrinthian plot, the viewer is exposed to some of the most disturbing body horror in recent memory. And the film is very dark, paranoid, and nihilistic. The acting is superb and fills in the gaps of the script that really doesn't do you a lot of favors in spelling out what's going on. And in the end, I think it's a very effective film that should stick with you and give you plenty to talk about with your friends. I gave it a score of 8 out of 10. I don't disagree with that score at all. In fact, I might, like, I could be convinced to go to 9 or maybe even a 10. Like, personally, I will never watch this movie again, <laughs> ever. This this is such a... It's a lot of things. It, this movie is a lot of things. And one of them uh, is interesting, and another one is complex. And probably the third most notable one is, like, kind of too complex... And and it stands for so much, you know. There's so much subtext going on. Yeah, it feels like there's a lot of analogy and metaphor going on. Yeah, like sociopolitical commentary that you that you want to know what 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 is this? What does this mean? Yeah, what is all this like? What's the head that this is coming to? Right. Well, let's get into the discussion points. Uh, we'll start out discussing. Just general stuff, and once we get into spoilers, we'll make sure to let you know. Okay, first thing to talk about, and we've already started talking about it, is how uncomfortable this movie made David feel. So we, we went and saw it at 9.30, which is usually past David's bedtime. This was my theory of why David was so uncomfortable. Cue the gaslighting. Because he was... Like, what time do you usually go to bed? Oh, usually like 10 or 10.30. Yeah. yeah. So it started at 9.30 and ended at midnight. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And uh, and then David was drinking a couple beers, because they offered that at the theater. And, and Sober October just got done. Yeah. And about halfway through, David was squirming around and sighing like like a toddler that was watching like a drama I, just like uh, uh, it was uh, it was why? it was not it was not because it was not because i was i did not want to be there anymore it was so upsetting <laughs> to me to sit through this movie think of the most upsetting movie for you that you've ever seen okay like all the ones that come to mind for me i realized recently after this movie i was like this is more upsetting than requiem for a dream this is more upsetting than um 
uh, pie. This is more upsetting than Mother. And then I realized, oh, those are all Darren Aronofsky <laughs> movies. So it's more disturbing than a Darren Aronofsky movie. Yeah, this is more upsetting than Mother, which is hard to do. And, and Requiem, which is hard to do. Yeah, I don't agree with... I was impacted way more by Requiem for a Dream, but also when I saw that, I wasn't jaded, so it probably had more impact at the time. Yeah. Like, I, I don't know. For for me, the characters... I, uh, it might have been that I was just really focused on taking notes and trying to unravel what was going on, that I wasn't really being affected by what was happening to the characters. I, I was wanted just kind of like letting it Yeah, I happen. wanted to stop watching this movie yeah. immediately. Well, how many times did you leave the theater and how many of those were just to collect yourself? Two. And... Um, no, it was one to get a beer and another to go to the bathroom. So it wasn't like it, like I wanted oh. to, like I'm... Because I thought you left three times. I remember after we were driving home, you said that you were nauseous at one point. I, I was. Thought, I thought you had left the theater just to like get some air. <laughs> this is so. This was such an upsetting film for me. I just. Uh, it was. Yeah. I did not. I did not leave to get some air. I just. It just made me feel ill. Which is not usual. Like actually, I shouldn't say that. It is. It is um, something that that happens to me. You know, like if if I'm looking at like a YouTube video of somebody high up. You know those those videos where they're like balancing on a crane on a skyscraper or something like that, that makes me nauseous. And this, uh, yeah. this did a, a similar kind of thing to me where it was like, I just had to sit there and watch this horrible body horror happening. Ugh. Yeah. It kind of, it was unexpected. Like I was not prepared for the amount of body horror that was in this movie. Sorry. Body horror that was in this movie. Cause I mean, it just looks like a movie about, which is in a dance studio. It's like, and there's a big pointy thing. So you're, you're assuming it's like a slasher or something, but not like a, like full on Cronenbergian. Let's put your body in a trash. <laughs> let's put your body in a trash compactor and just right. Fuck you up. Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, um, your mileage may vary. <laughs> just hopefully if you listen to us talk about it, you'll get a better sense of whether you'll enjoy it or not, but it is a great movie. Yeah, it, it's definitely, I, I can't deny that there's all the elements of, you know, a, a longstanding classic. And one of those is definitely the score. Yeah. Tom York is the uh, music director for this, I guess. Um, he did, he did the score and all the music for it. It was a great fit. Yeah. I thought he was a perfect choice for it. This is the first score he's done. Um, if you don't know, Tom York is the lead singer on in Radiohead, my favorite band. And uh, his bandmates, both Johnny Greenwood, um, is a pretty famous film composer now. Yeah. Um, he did There Will Be Blood and a couple other P.T. Anderson movies. I think he did The Master and... Uh, Something else. Anyways, he's he's a known film composer now, and Phil Selway, the drummer, also did a film score on one last year. Wow, I, I wonder how, he, how how does the drummer land something like that? You know, I mean, they're all great musicians. Like I don't I'm not saying they're not. It's I don't. Just a I don't doubt that any of them couldn't pull it off. Um, but yeah, this is the Tom York's first first time 
scoring a movie, and I really, really like the soundtrack. I was surprised at how little you could hear in the movie. It was pretty sparse in terms of music. That's something that I was going to mention. Yeah. Which is, like, during the movie, I was like, what soundtrack? Like, that was my thought. Uh-huh. I was like, like, what's going on here? But upon listening, re-listening to that trailer uh-huh. and, and having such a... Re- like, I'll, I... Like, I didn't sit here and watch a trailer. I'm just like you guys at home or in the car or wherever you're listening to us. I was just listening to that trailer as it played. And uh, and I was up like it made me not happy. <laughs> like all that all those uh, audio cues were very effective in bringing me right back to where the most uncomfortable parts of that movie took place. Right. I'm, I'm pretty sure you can listen to the whole the whole soundtrack on Spotify right now. Um, the best track is Volk, um, which is heavily featured in the in the trailer, but it's the the music that the main dance is done to. Simple, discordant, yeah, upsetting, yeah, and it's very, yeah, it's really good. But also, he's got other uh, another couple like actual songs where he sings on it, um, and then just other interstitial music. But the only time I really noticed it was there's a song at the beginning. And there's the Volk music, and then there's the song at the end. And I, I didn't. It didn't really stand out anywhere else in the in the movie. But I'm sure, just like any other film score, like you don't notice sometimes. I was pretty keyed in, like the whole movie. I was. I kept waiting, uh, so I was listening very, uh, just a lot to mm-hmm. to the to the track. And uh, and I do recall a few times where. Tom York's voice entered the movie. Right. And, uh, and I was like, oh yeah, I mean, and, but all those were pretty light. Yeah. Like the parts where he's, he's singing, doing his Tom York thing. Um, it was, it was like a respite from, right. From all yeah. of the ho- horribleness that was going on. So yeah, I think they all made it in there for sure, but yeah, it's a... <laughs> less impactful in places and much more in others. Yeah, Tom York's voice is very light and it's deceptively sound, weak sounding, mm-hmm. but it's also like packs a lot behind it in terms of like sadness, emotion, and yeah. then he can he can he can go pretty big when he wants to. Oh yeah. Um. So yeah, that's. That was uh, one thing I want to talk about because I love Tom York. It's that, it's that long, drawn out whine that's like that's like sorrow, right? And that and this movie is full of sorrow and regret and and terror. Yeah, and like this strong, like this movie is just underlined by this strong, feminine, like angst. Yeah, Ugh. and then just sudden terror. <laughs> yeah, and then yeah, exactly. It was very effective. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, so let's get this out of the way first. I'm not making a whole bit, but there was a Bryce called it moment that I didn't actually turn to David about, but I did write it down in my notebook, and you can you can double check it. It's on like the second page of the notebook. Because when the doctor, um, Klemperer, is on the screen... Can't we just call him Klemper? Why is it Klemperer? Klemperer. Yeah, everything in, everything is in German needs to be, like, much more uh, audibly confusing and mushed up than it <clears throat> needs to be. 
Um, anyways, when when uh, Doctor Clamperberber was on the screen, <laughs> <laughs> I wrote down Doctor Clemper reminds me of Bad Grandpa. <laughs> he so, certainly does. So Johnny Knoxville in in old makeup, like it was very. I mean, it was very good, but it was also something's off. And part I of it is, tell. yeah, part like, of it is the sound coming out of his mouth. Well, I didn't notice that until later, but I, I, I saw the makeup and I was like, all right, that's got it. Who, who's playing that? Cause it looks like they're aging whoever it is a lot. Yeah. And, and then later in the movie, um, when he's talking to the police and he's like in the stairway and all of a sudden, like I realized like his voice is really, really thin and high. Yeah. Like it's not an old, I mean, it's more than just an old man's thin, high voice. It's like, is this guy played by a woman? Like, is that a woman? Is that why there's so much makeup? And lo and behold, this isn't really a spoiler because it's like a production spoiler. It's not doesn't have anything to do with the plot. But it was played by Tilda Swinton. Yeah, that's fucking wild. <laughs> like, I was like, oh my god, that's awesome. Yeah, it's it's crazy. He's credited. The, the credited in the movie is a guy named. What's his name? Um, Lutz Ebersdorf. Yeah. And apparently the translation for Ebersdorf is Swinetown in German. So Swinton. Oh, okay. So so it's Tilda Swinton playing him. So that, that takes us into our next point. So in this movie, there's four main protagonists. And uh, I got a clip of Tilda Swinton talking about that briefly. It felt very novelistic. I mean, that's one of the things I really like about it. The fact that actually you're following at least four protagonists. It's not what they call dominant Hollywood narrative, you know, 2018 style. It's not about this one avatar that you follow throughout, which is, to my mind, a bit of a waste of what cinema can do. So, yeah, those four protagonists that she's talking about is their Susie. Like who you would expect to be the main protagonist, the the young American the dancer. dancer that comes in. Yeah. There's Doctor Klemperer. Um, there's Madame Blanc, which is played by Tilda Swinton. She's not really a main character, but you can tell like she's going through some stuff. Madame in, Blanc, throughout, she's throughout a main plot. character. Yeah, she's I mean, the uh, most upsetting uh, part of this whole thing right. for me. And and then Sarah, there's another dancer, which um, she's the has, one who gets uprooted. No, she's bit. the one that like Oh, I'm sorry. that yeah. starts investigating. Right. And she's right. the one that finds like the hidden rooms and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um so Dr. Klemperer um is kind of the real innocent <laughs> in this movie. Right. Um the the, the, the only male. Yeah, the only who is not a male yeah. in, in 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 truth. There's only two two actual males that are actually characters in their the police, yeah, they're the two policemen that show up. Well, Doctor Klemperer and Doctor Klemperer, who is not actually yeah. male, right? So out of the out of like the three men, one of them isn't actually played by a man, and the other two are are authority figures of the state. Yeah, bit parts. Um, so Doctor Klemperer, um, the main B plot is him grieving his the loss of his wife at the end of the at, the end of world war two trying to get her out of berlin and he doesn't know whatever happened to her uh dr klemper is the skeptic in the movie a couple quotes from him that kind of act as like the 
the voice of reason mm-hmm. and kind of call into question whether like all right is this actually a thing or is this just kind of delusional yeah stuff coming from people that are talking to him so he says stuff like a delusion is a lie that tells the truth um love and manipulation they share houses very often they're con- they're constant bedfellows and then another quote is you can give others your delusion this is religion so he was like just basically saying like yeah there's probably stuff going on but it's really just kind of probably creepy ritual stuff and not necessarily like supernatural right oh dr klemper oh how little do you know you poor man you poor woman man yeah um about Susie. Um, I think this is this might be one of the reasons why you were much more disturbed than I was, because a lot of what you talked about was the the um, corruption of innocence as being disturbing, mm-hmm. and I don't think Susie wasn't innocent, not in this movie, because she seemed like a very willing participant, and when stuff came up, she was all about hopping on board yeah. and accepting yeah okay, actually that's we're getting we're getting into spoilers we'll, we'll leave that off until later but um uh let's talk about production design <laughs> so oh, it was yeah. it was in, in this weird. abandoned hotel is where they shot it and it's in berlin the the colors were very muted there's no real like primary colors it's all brown and 70s faded colors yeah so not only is it 70s colors but it's like today's 70s colors right. it's like chipped off and stuff yeah um <laughs> i wrote down it made me feel like the cheer up charlie part of charlie and the chocolate factory the first worst half of the movie right where you just feel dirty and you're like oh it felt old yeah. people in beds it, together. This is wrong and gross. Yeah, the like, whole movie felt that way. In just, production design. Yeah. And and yeah, it was very Soviet block, commie sort of um style architecture. Just very harsh and a lot of a lot of angular stuff, a lot of mirrors being used right. as centerpieces and not of like, the room. Not real like flat mirrors, like just kinda like Second-hand mirrors that, you know, are kind of strung together but don't really go together. You know that really old person's house that you walk into that still feels like 1964? This is that feeling. And that smell. Like, the movie (laughs) smells like that person's house. (laughs) You could... This movie is washing clothes in a tub with an oar. Oh, Yeah. Man, production is way too accurate yeah <laughs> um the direction the movie was directed by luca guadagnino i don't know if i'm saying that right and that's the only time i'm gonna say it because i'm not gonna re- remember a name that long yeah. we'll call him luca anyways he's a great director there's a lot of um stuff in here that was just very a lot of the unease and disturbing sense that you get from the movie is just from the direction. There's some some cuts that are just disorienting and um, like jump cuts where the person was at one place in the room and now they're at another. Like it's it just very kind of plays with your your sense of time and space and use of um, kind of crane shots and 
and zooms in a way that hasn't really been done for for a while and so it's it feels very 70s and experimental yeah this you know the more i think about this the more it reminds me of like a super indie like almost like a film student piece of of someone who's trying to to edge to show their edge so much that I don't know how to explain it better than that. Like this, like, like something that wouldn't be seen very much, like almost like a snuff film. Well, I mean the, the phrase that you would use is art house. Yeah. It's definitely an art house horror movie. Um, I wouldn't go as far to say it's like a student film because that to me denotes that it's I don't, shitty. Yeah. I don't mean, I don't mean student film in that it's like, it's, it's, uh, amateurish or anything like that. I mean, it, whoever is releasing this feels as though they have, they have, they can go balls to the wall on everything and be as, as crazy right. as, as they want. And people, people will respect it. Yeah. It's very, very similar to Aronofsky. In yeah. that it's it's pretty experimental, and it pushes the edge in terms of just how comfortable, how yeah. uncomfortable you can you can make someone with just editing and direction. What about the acts? Yeah, the movie was in six acts. I read it as eight acts, but my eyes are going bad. So there's six acts in the movie, um, and these are the titles of the act. I didn't get Act One. I don't know if you wrote that down. Or if it I actually didn't. had a title. So Act 1, Act 2 is Palaces of Fear. Act 3 is Borrowing. Act 4 is Taking. Act 5 is The Floors Are Darkness. And then Act 6 is Suspiriorum. And then there's an epilogue called A Sliced Pear. Sliced Up Pear. So I just put that, that down there because I wrote those and I wanted to say them. What What does Suspiria <laughs> mean? Does, does it mean something? Is it the name of the place? No, it's one of the... One of the gods. I mean, it was in the trailer. Three mothers, three gods, three devil. Mother Tenebrarum, Mother Lacrimarum, and Mother Suspiriorum. Darkness, tears, <laughs> and sighs. Oh. So Suspiria is, or Suspir- Mother Suspirium is the mother of sighs. Like, ah, ah. So, yeah. Okay. All right. I get it. Um, all right. Let's get into spoilers. So, yeah. Let's talk a little bit more about Susie. So, yeah. She didn't come off as innocent to me because she was very willing and ambitious throughout yeah. this movie. That's like, fair. she was all on board. And even when, like, she could see that, hey, Stuff is really fucked up here, and people are kind of dropping like flies, and what's going on? She's like, eh, I'm fine, because I'm moving up the ranks a lot, and I'm getting to talk with my idol. Right. And, you know, it's never hinted at that you're kept here beyond, kept here without your, your free will, right? Mm-hmm. You can leave. Right. Um, I, although, I mean, it feels like there's a spell on everyone. Yeah. So, yeah, I'd say, but with that I being mean, she's, said... I mean, she just basically magically has abilities that she'd never had before in right. terms of dance. Right. And she's like, 
yeah, this feels really weird, and I'm completely exhausted and feel like I'm being used, but let's, I'm getting what I want. Let's ride this out. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so throughout the movie, there's definite, like, psychic abilities from the witches in terms of helping Susie. So when she auditions, you can see them kind of turn their heads, and, and they can either feel Susie dancing, or they can like sense her breathing or something and then they all of a sudden appear at the audition so there's there's like hints of supernatural stuff going on early on um pretty early on there's like a transfer of knowledge or ability to Susie. like tilda swinton touches her hand and feet hands and feet like there's some weird light effect which i mean if i was the person getting touched by tilda swinton and a weird light appeared and dispersed on my hands. I'm out of there forever. First of all, somehow I wouldn't be surprised because it's Tilda Swinton. I'm like, yeah, this makes sense. But I'd also be alarmed that she did that to me. I would and run. want to know what she did. I would run forever. Yeah. All I could think of the whole way through this movie is, can you imagine waking up next to Tilda Swinton every morning <laughs> and having those fucking eyes staring at you? Ugh. Oh, can you imagine waking up and going to the bathroom I said, at night and seeing her laying there and be like, oh, good God, you're creepy looking. <laughs> I I said that there's one missed opportunity with using Tom York as the composer for this movie is that they didn't do a music video where Tom York and Tilda Swinton just looked into the camera. I wouldn't, I wouldn't have watched it. Because <laughs> that would have been the creepiest video ever. I mean... I love Tilda Swinton and like I'm I am endlessly fascinated at watching her. Like I'm not disturbed Why is that? by cuz she's really enigmatic and she's a great actress. She's able to bring a lot of like subtlety to her roles in terms of you know, she can play very strong like in this in this movie, she's a very strong character and a uh, very strong dom- three characters. Yeah, dominating presence but also you can see that there's a lot of uh, vulnerability in her yeah just through just through her eyes and how she reacts and her and like her expressions and it's it's very very effective like she's she's a great actress i can't i can't think of anything that i've seen her in that i wasn't really impressed with what she brought to it you know that's interesting it is she does bring a feel right she brings like a feminine how like kind of um dom- some sort of domineering almost like charles bronson in in, in bronson you know how uh, opposite in an opposite way in 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 her own way but you know how charles bronson would bring like just this swagger or sean connery would bring like this energy this mm-hmm. masculine energy into all their stuff where it was like wow like yeah like overpowering charisma right like it's like I I can't this is this is uncomfortable to watch because I'm overpowered by this person's right. life energy. Right. And she can and she brings that in a different form obviously in her own like flavor of whatever energy she's bringing it's palpable to everyone sitting sitting there and experiencing it. Yeah, and she's the other thing is if you watch interviews with her she is sharp as a tack she's yeah. a really really intelligent and funny yeah like she's really funny on interviews and so i i think that's kind of what 
undercuts my unease because yeah she plays some pretty disturbing characters or really like um like off-putting characters are that are a little too real yeah and um seeing her in real life and and how she reacts you're like oh okay she's just really super intelligent and she is bringing you know a lot of nuance to these characters yeah my my favorite roles with her she was great in uh we need to talk about kevin that's a super (laughs) disturbing movie yeah um and like the funnest um role that she's had for me was in constantine she was angel gabriel so she was playing another male role and that was just great casting because you can you can totally believe that Tilda Swinton, she's kind of like a, you know, sexless in terms of like David Bowie, right? Like you, yeah, like you know he's a guy, but you know like if he was appeared as a woman or something, it's like you would. No like, one would yeah. be bothered by yeah. that, regardless of the of, of how acceptable that is at yeah. the moment. Like yeah. everybody's just like, yeah, that's what he is, right? Or what she is, right? You know, that's the second time you're the second person in uh, recent memory who who has been like Constantine was good yeah. to me. Justin, our friend Justin also very much enjoyed 2005 Constantine. And which is surprising to me because I just remember walking away from that movie being like, what a piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> like this movie was bad and boring, but as it turns out, and, and I thought no, there's no one, this is going to be such a forgettable film, but two people whose opinions I respect very much, uh, have been like, Constantine, bro. I'm like, okay. Yeah, I liked it. I thought it was very stylistic, and it's. I thought it was one of Keanu Reeves' better roles in terms of what he brought to the acting in it. I mean, Keanu does not have a very large palette, especially compared to Tilda Swinton or someone. Yeah, not a fair pair up. <laughs> um, but yeah, I thought I thought it was was fun and good. I think David is too close to the source material. It's based off of a comic and you probably read the comics, right? Well, I mean, I, so like, yeah, you knew, you knew the backstory and like the mythology of it and stuff like that, which is the, probably the more interesting part to me of just like how they treated those themes. And like, I always get a kick out of how people treat the afterlife in movies, you know, cause you can go lots of different ways with it. You can do, you know, funny, you can do cynical, you can do like very, um poignant yeah you know it it just felt like a nothing to me yeah it was just like meh. well tilda, tilda swinton and it was great she's galadriel um no she was Gla- gabriel gabriel Angel gabriel thinking galadriel of the west mm-hmm. <laughs> no that was kate blanchett yeah. i thought i thought kate swinton or sorry kate swinton i thought that tilda swinton had played bob dylan in the in that, that movie. movie where 23 people played bob dylan yeah but that was kate blanchett oh so Wait, twenty three people played him, right? That like that like a lot of people played Bob Dylan in that movie. Yeah, I don't think it was twenty three, but it was a lot. Huh. But um Kate Blanchett was like the sixties Dylan, like right as he was blowing up. Getting into And she did a great job. But yeah, I guess that wouldn't make sense as Tilda Swinton, because Tilda Swinton is like really tall. Anyway, so Suspiria. Anyway, Suspiria. Remember that movie? Mm-hmm. All right, so there's there's a power struggle in the Academy. Um, there's an election where they're trying to decide who's going to lead the Academy and it's split pretty much down the middle. There's like a difference of a couple votes, uh, between Marcus and, um, 
Blanc. Madame Blanc. Um, and we never see Marcos, but we see pictures of her. She's this old woman in goggles. <laughs> and like... Hag-like. But all of the action around the nefarious witch stuff and what's going on with Susie is related to Marcus somehow because it's stated that um, Marcus will live. We found the right girl in time. So somehow they're going to eat up this girl, Susie, yeah, they're, <laughs> to they're... the benefit of uh, Helena Marcos, the, the leader of this dance troupe. Yeah, they're basically succubus. Like they're they're draw they're pulling the life of these young women th- with their powers. It's pretty obvious early on that they there are actual witches. There there is some sort of like coven inside this dance academy, and um, from the notes of the girl that the dancer Patricia that left and talked with uh, the psychiatrist, um, he finds out kind of some of the mythology behind it. And I played that clip already about the three mothers. So there's Mother Tenebrarum, the Mother of Darkness, Mother Lacrimarum, the The Mother mother of Tears, and Mother Suspiriorum. Suspiriorum. This is another... Horror! Lots of horror words. Suspiriorum. This is the Mother of Sighs. So it feels like they're sacrificing something or or letting the mother possess someone or something still not quite clear what was going on but at at the end i think Susie was possessed or signifies mother suspiriorum yeah yeah i'm not sure it was not clear at all to me um I at that point I was so upset like I didn't want I didn't want to know anymore. I will say this, like as a kid and um you know throughout most of my life, witches, the idea <laughs> of witches pretty vanilla, you know? Uh-huh, like yeah. witches, who'd be scared of that? And now like after the witch and now after Suspiria, like it occurs to me how terrifying that that concept really actually is like Uh like someone who has like someone who has ferreted out that there is satan Uh out there and then been like let's let's do this yeah like let's i'm making a pact with the devil and um and i don't value human life and i don't value my life and i don't value my life it's and, like a the devil and witches have like a pimp ho relationship. Yeah, like yeah, he treats them right, but they got a f- terrible life. Yeah, and they gave up everything for it. Yeah, and he'll, so he'll get you a nice diamond ring. He'll get you some supernatural powers, but you're still gonna. Doesn't seem like a good trade off. Yeah, I don't know, but there's I'm this not a hoe. Weird so. sort. <laughs> That's up for debate. <laughs> um, there's this weird sort of like nihilistic um, power that. Or, like, total lack of reverence for anything good or holy. And just, like, it just made me think of... This movie just made me think of my daughter. Like, and just, like, I don't want anything bad to happen to her. And if she ever got into... Ah, no more dancing. (laughs) (laughs) Ballet? No. No. Oh, man. Yeah, very upsetting. Yeah. um, Well, I mean, when you talk about... Yeah, in terms of witches 
this is a little different in that the it's stated that that these mothers, these goddesses, are pre-god and pre-devil. So this is like pre-Judeo-Christian yeah. stuff, supposedly pagan pagan religion around these these mothers, and so it's a uh, much more pagan witches than you know witches that are making a pact with the devil. But I th- I think that's actually probably what witches actually are. I think it's a pre christian thing usually yeah some sort of pagan but it, i mean that doesn't take away from it yeah it's it's, it's just uh a... i remember growing up when i lived in Tualatin in, in my friend's backyard i can't remember where how we came up with it or who told us but we fully believed that this woman was a witch and that there was a shed in her backyard and that's where she did all her witch stuff and i remember kind of asking her or bringing it up and she's like yeah i'm a witch like it was disturbing. I was like, "Oh God, what the like, fuck?" Because my conception of witch was like, you know, Hansel and Gretel. Yeah, like she's gonna she's gonna eat you up. So I was just a little kid. This is like kindergarten or earlier, and so what? Yeah, <laughs> I've always had kind of like in the back of my mind, like, yeah, witches ain't good. I don't like witches. Yeah, I, I don't know. They just the concept seems so so vanilla and so well it's cartoonish because you associate right. witches with halloween a and pointy hat and, and laughing like, and hocus a pocus yeah. yeah but not these witches god damn these are real witches um all right i mean there's a lot to talk about with the mothers but i don't i still don't really understand what's going on yeah. at all um and we can talk about kind of the finale, what happens at the end that kind of reveals, I don't know, whatever it reveals. If anybody, if anybody, if anyone in the audience has a good grasp on the the symbolism, the metaphor, how, like, I, I feel like I'm not, I'm going to do a disservice to this movie in my attempts to, like, I, I had a strong feel that maybe this was like a nod to the Holocaust or maybe this was a nod to like communism or the Soviet, you, you know, East Berlin, some, something strange, like all of the different things that this could stand for was meant to stand for. Yeah. I think, I think what I came away with is that it was really about a political power struggle and from people on the outside or even participants in it, it didn't, you don't have all the information right. until it's too late. Yeah. That's so, the doctor. Yeah. And, and Susie, and like Susie. she doesn't, she doesn't really know what's going on, but she's a participant. Right. She's a know? willing participant and therefore going to pay for her actions. Like when you vote for, I mean, it's, it's election season coming right. up right now. Get out and vote. But <laughs> and now I'm going to undercut why you shouldn't vote. Um, but like you, you know. You elect people, and and all you hear is kind of the surface level stuff. You don't know who these people really are, or oh. what's actually going on, or what their motivations are. I like this, but you still vote. This is what I've always felt, which yeah. is, yeah, you can vote for that guy, but he's just a different brand of evil, right? Like, yeah, you're just gonna you're just gonna elect another evil over here. Like, you don't like that evil that's there, but <laughs> yeah, but what's coming ain't any better. Right. It may look better and feel better. But ultimately, weird shit. Yeah. So I think, you know, the the I'll, 
the outside stuff that's going on politically during the storyline is the um, Bader Meinhof group, mm-hmm. or the I looked it up on Wikipedia, the um, RAF or Red Army faction in Berlin, which was like a they're in West Berlin, but they're a very ultra liberal group to the point where they like teamed up with Palestinian terrorists, whoa, and to do like political action stuff. And so they're they're like really, really towing the line and probably went over the line between political activism and actual terrorism, right. you know, because they actually hijacked a plane or something like that. God damn. So there, it's a lot. I mean, then that's an interesting concept of, okay, we've got West and East Berlin and the West is supposed to represent, freedom. you know, the West and freedom. But even in the West, there's this faction and political faction that wants you know yeah. socialism and whatnot um so anyways it's it's just very very confusing and and like kind of nihilistic what's going on politically at the time and that reflects in what's happening at this dance studio is that there's an old philosophy and a new philosophy and no one really knows what it is or what the actual effect of it is yeah and uh I don't know. Um, we should probably touch on the body horror. Oof. So there, it was genuinely shocking and disturbing. Yeah, there was a lot of contortion and a lot of uh, crunching. Yeah, there's there's the thing, and I've talked about it before, of like the horror and the trailers using just people bending over backwards a lot mm-hmm. and their back cracking as yeah. being like, oh, that's horrifying. It's like... And yeah, it is, but it's so overused. Yeah, like, like Overlord. Oh, yeah, Overlord, or like, oh look, they're contorting in unusual ways, and that's just that would that would hurt me. But they're supernatural, so that's really off-putting. It's like that, but to the nth degree. Just taking, if you could take up a person and ball them up in your hand and throw them across the room, and like toss them hand to hand. It was like watching like Play-Doh. That's what. You know those. This one scene was like. You know those machines that they put cars in to crunch them down in the cubes. Yeah, it was like watching an invisible car cruncher do that to a person. And like close up on their like you know organs starting to poke through skin, and it was just really really disturbing. It's making me ill right now. Yeah, and it was somehow this this girl was has some kind of psychological attachment between herself and Susie as Susie was doing the first dance. She was trying out for like the lead role and this, this other girl had just quit and this other girl got trapped in this room and she was just tossed around like a rag doll somehow attached to Susie, but not in a very clear way. (laughs) Like it wasn't a puppet way because she was crumpled up like a, used piece of paper like an old mcdonald's cheeseburger wrapper and someone was like eh, i'm done with this yeah except it was a human body and they played with it for like 10 minutes oh <laughs> yeah and yeah. there's a there's a couple times and then when uh there's a lot of hooks being inserted into yeah. people and that was upsetting as but well. even that like it didn't i guess they did show show that but that was not near as disturbing as like just the 
weird stuff. And then later you you see um, they're still alive and they're kept in this secret room and there's like a stump lady. And it's just, yeah, really, really disturbing Can I stuff. ask, just a, kind of a little bit of a side note, you know those hooks that they used in this movie? Yeah. What are those? What are those? Because I've, because so... I'm yeah, I thinking, don't know. I, 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 those are in. Those are featured fairly prominently. They're like, they're like a hook without a handle, right? And yeah, I don't know. they seem like they're feather thin and light, but also extremely strong. I need. I'll figure out what those are and then report back. They're just witch things. Oof. Well, I've seen them in other movies. They're not like new. I haven't. I've never seen them before. Okay. Um, the other thing of note between the body horror that is interesting is just the juxtaposition between the dance and body horror. Because, I mean, when you're dancing and doing stuff, it's basically like just contorting your body and doing, you know, sometimes unnatural things or pushing it to the limit and then putting that right next to someone actually getting crumpled up like a rag doll is like very... There's there's already something about when you see a professional dancer, like a high-quality dancer, dancing that's kind of semi-disturbing because you're like, wow, that looks painful. I've never seen someone do that, and I don't know how they do that. Their body looks weird because they've dedicated it to this one thing, to this one movement, and they can do it. Yeah, and it's not a new concept in, in at all, right? This is so like, you know, I mean, ballet in yeah. general like the the like the things that these girls put themselves through the pain the you know the the amount of dedication they have to have to to just ruining their body really you know and and you know i mean you think about it black swan was i mean did this in spades already yeah and and really focused on the actual physical brutality of of being a professional dancer, yeah, and and how 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 it can really just wreck you physically. Yeah, can, you can turn into a bird person, right? It's It'll, horrifying. Yeah, it's it's very scary. Finally, the finale of the movie. So it all leads up to very slowly to this Black Sabbath kind of like horrifying ritual where that Susie is being prepared for. It's a dance, and it's a dance. Um, lots of gore. <laughs> and I, I listened to this interview with Dakota Johnson and it was kind of funny what she had to say about it. I think the most intense scene that I technically would have been the Sabbath, which is just like blood and hair and bodies everywhere. But I just thought it was so funny <laughs> the whole time. Everyone was trying not to slip in the blood. Oh yeah, that, that was, was so funny. <laughs> so walking down the stairs, being like so stoic, but just like every once in a while having a little like slip. <laughs> the guts is all real. <laughs> and also like when we would start pick up when we pick up the next day because we shot it for five days. So you'd come in and there'd be like props department like remembering where to place the intestines so just kind of walking around with the intestines and everyone wearing these like slipper shoes and trying not to slip in the blood and then like okay no move the intestines a foot this way (laughs) oh my fucking god (laughs) can you imagine like just stepping back and just thinking what would it be like to be an actor in that scene because it's just bonkers just blood everywhere 
people flailing, just dancers just flailing. Being crushed in crazy ways. And, uh, yeah, just just really... (laughs) Yeah, Real, it, just tons of gore. It makes sense that there these people's reaction because like if you're like you're going to you got to keep your spirits up if you're making this this movie. <laughs> like like this is a Joker kind of you know, this is Heath Ledger in the Joker kind yeah. of role. Like if you didn't go light with it, you go way too dark with it. Well, I mean, Dakota Johnson even said that she had to like go into therapy after this role just because it was took her to a dark place like she wasn't traumatized or anything by the experience but she was like yeah i needed to work out some things yeah it's upsetting in a lot of ways like it's 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 like a it's like a clothes ringer for your soul it just yeah so the the climax this sabbath is showing Susie coming in and they're performing a ritual and we are introduced to uh helena marcus which why don't you describe what Helena Marcus looks like? She looks like well, for me it's hard for me not to think of this because I play a lot of Rainbow Six, and one of the characters in Rainbow Six Siege is Thermite, and he has these super German goggles. Uh-huh. And these goggles stand are the kind of goggles there's one goggle for each eye, right? And they stand out from your eye about mm-hmm. an inch, and then there's some very thick tinted like like a welder's mask style glass on them. Mm-hmm. And this woman was a pile of flesh wearing <laughs> those goggles. And um, I believe she was played by Tilda Swinton. Yeah, she was also played by Tilda Swinton. You would not be... There is no point to that being Tilda Swinton other than some sort of uh, symbolistic, sim- symbolic sort of casting intention like th- that didn't need to be Tilda Swinton at all because there's no way to tell. Yeah, it could have been anyone. But she's a great actress, so why not have her do that? But I guess. I mean, she didn't act really. She just just kind of wailed and yeah. was angry. So pile of flesh is putting it lightly, like literal, just kind of Jabba the Hut kind of gooey '80s glob glob, but also. I don't know if you noticed this, but just random, like, little limbs. There's, like, a baby hand on her, like, attached to her arm. I... Just, like, flopping there. Like, at somehow, this point, I was... she's this zombie character that's being kept alive by, I don't know, sewing on body parts of just random people and babies, apparently. I was literally closing my eyes during this part of the movie. <laughs> like, I was actually doing what my wife does and, like, shading one eye or, like, closing one eye to be, like... There's some safety behind my hand. So we're introduced to her, and all the main characters are there. Susie, Tilda Swinton, and even Dr. Klemperer is there as a witness to the proceedings. Um, And, you know, he's naked on the floor, and we even get to see his penis, which, you know, I feel cheated. It wasn't a real penis. It was a prosthetic. It what? That dick ain't good enough for you? Well, because it was Tilda Swinton. Yeah. It was lies. <laughs> it's good enough for me. <laughs> you can show me your wrinkly old wiener anytime you want, Tilda. Um, so apparently on the on the set, she would she would flash her, her dick at people, which would be probably a lot of fun. Yeah, provide that moment of levity that you need in yeah. a movie where um, 
where young girls get thrown into trash compactors and crunched up. Yeah, so the they are doing this ritual, and Tilda Swinton's character says something to the effect of, something's not right. And then she immediately gets, like, mostly decapitated. <laughs> and then Mother, or the Helena Marcos dies, and then uh, Susie is possessed by this mother, and then the mother of death or something is walking around and literally just exploding followers of Helena Marcos. Yeah. But not everyone. I, apparently one on IMDb, and not everyone that voted for her is killed. I mean, I wasn't... I can't believe that they would think that you'd keep that close track, but just most of them were just literally just exploded in blood. So blood was everywhere. There's intestines and whatnot. And then you just get, you take away that this uh, Mother Suspiriorum is incarnated through Susie and that she has to like forsake all mothers oh yeah we never even talked about the the storyline of where Susie came from that she's from this religious amish family in america and her mother's on her deathbed in iowa in iowa yeah or ohio oh maybe it was ohio ohio and uh at a point in the finale they're like you have to you have to kill your mother because you can't have any other mothers yeah and she's like all right cool bro all right you know you know do you remember when we were in like high school or like junior high or maybe even before? I can't really recall. But when Harry Potter started coming out, people were like all worked up about like, no, my child can't read about this. This is of the devil. Like my mom doesn't doesn't feel comfortable that we played D&D a couple times because that's that's darkness and that's of the devil. Dude, like it's just it's just fantasy. You. You you don't like Harry Potter and this exists? Like, your world is so... Oh, man. The, the horrors I have to show you. Like, hey, like you'll go run into Harry Potter and be like, thank you for existing when you see Suspiria. Like, I don't know why you wouldn't anyway. It's a delightful series full of fun and, and fantasy. But, um, like, anybody who, like, throws a big fuss about... The next very, very just okay kid yeah. thing for kids, like innocuous he, fantasy yeah, stuff. Yeah, we need to we need to put the uh, the spotlight on the darkness that exists. Yeah, we need to make them watch The Witch and Suspiria. Oof. Um, here's the the other main feature of the Sabbath is Susie is really enjoying the experience because i mean it's basically watching dakota johnson come for like 10 minutes <laughs> yeah like uh. and that's like another part of of witchcraft of like that's kind of the nefarious th- imagery of yeah yeah they want to be witches because they want to come so women coming is just the worst possible thing yeah it's it's you know? a well i mean the basis the it's basis the most for... disturbing thing you could possibly show is a woman coming right well i mean the fear of witches <laughs> is, is 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 kind of basically is is like um the patriarchy's fear of femininity yeah. right and like everything that goes with it with it right and like you know the 
your moon cycle and like, you know, and, and your sexuality, like yeah. you, you being a sexual being also and how like foreign and alien that is to society and how they don't want to accept it and all that kind of crap. Yeah. And, uh, and yeah, the, there's a lot of like sexual undertones yeah. throughout this movie that it's very, I mean, the mother of size, I, I mean, that's basically, yeah. You know, mother of coming is how I interpret that. Yeah. Because <laughs> after her first um, kind of possessed dance experience early on in the movie, she describes, like, it felt like fucking. And she's like, you mean like a, a man? He's like, and she's like, no, an animal. Yeah. Like, that's right. Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. Really <laughs> pagan. Like. Yeah. Re- <laughs> full pagan. Yeah. And just, you know, the the reactions and like the um the connections like the psychological or uh the uh what's it called? psychic connections between the witches or the the older people in the dance studio and Susie as she's dancing. It's all like a heavy nod. Yeah, like yeah. they're they're really enjoying this. Right. Like they're not just enjoying it. They're really enjoying like, this everybody's coming in their pants yeah right now lots of yeah lots lot, of laundry to do at the end of the day yeah there's a lot uh yeah there is <laughs> a tremendous this whole movie is 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 made to make uh to address the like the fear or the discomfort around femininity yeah and and how witches stood for that right yeah how it's like and then another, I mean, one of the quotes that is said to Dr. Klemperer is that when women tell you the truth, you don't pity them. You tell them they are delusional, which is probably one of the thesis statements of, of the movie yeah. of just, yeah, we were telling you and you didn't believe us. Right. So it's very, I mean, it's not over your head, like it's not knock you over the head and hashtag me too movement stuff, but it's much more deeper of like. Yeah, this is this is disturbing to you because it's real and it's our experience, right? Kind of thing. Yeah, you, 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 the horror that you've subjected us to is real, and check it out. Yeah. So the epilogue is um, basically Susie taking away Doctor Klemper's. Well, first she tells Doctor Klemper what happened to his wife, which is a nice little um, the only closure you really get in the movie. And then uh, she takes away all of his memory of everything that happened, you know. So he doesn't. He was a witness to everything, but then he's all of that memory is removed. Yeah. So it's kind of dark. And I apparently, wish that could have happened to me at the end of this movie. <clears throat> apparently, there was a like a bonus scene after the credits where Susie makes some kind of gesture towards the camera. So I don't know what that meant, but we missed it. We didn't stay for it. Just pointing at her badge. <laughs> What's up? <laughs> Wasn't there a chest vagina in this movie? Yeah, there was a chest vagina. Yeah. Like she like opens up her chest and yeah, I think that's what they were going for. It was either like Oh, a, it was yeah, no, it was a yeah. That was a chest vagina. Yeah. Only it was it was like way too like it was overstated in every way. Like it was and very bloody. This is my flower, like my yeah. disgusting flower. It was so it was so intentionally made disgusting and strange and like enlarged and yeah yeah petals 
lots of pedals. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah, it was it what they. <laughs> yeah, so I mean, witches, man. Like, <laughs> like, like I said, there's a lot to unpack about this movie, and and there wasn't anything that I was bothered by in terms of that took me out, except for one thing. What was that? I might I might cut this out because it's not that important, but um, the the man singing during the Sabbath and they had, like dwelt on a close up with him was just. It was a little too long. I'm like, what? I remember this you is just dumb. I remember you like saying something about that to me and me. I was just uh, by that time I was like, fuck everything having to do with this movie. What are you talking about, the man? Like, good lord. <laughs> All right. What are your final recommendations? I mean, so there is a subsection of people who very much enjoy like uh, being challenged. You know, this movie is a challenge in a lot of ways. If you. If you're up to the challenge of dealing with something that confronts a lot of very difficult to deal with material and has a lot of symbolism and could be interpreted in, interpreted in a lot of different ways, interpreted in a lot of different ways, um, this movie is for you. If you feel uncomfortable listening to us talk about this movie, don't. Don't go see it. Just know that it's great. Yeah. It's really good. Yeah. If you if you like art house horror movies, this is definitely in that in that genre. It's very reminiscent of The Witch and very reminiscent of, you know, Black Swan. It's, it's just a much more extreme version of those movies that it's very disturbing and really delves into disturbing body horror and and uh just off-putting thematic material doesn't doesn't really hold your hand at all yeah this is this um this fits into the most extreme uh subcategory of horror which is like a serbian film uh this like movie, oh, I don't know if it goes that far. It's not quite. It's not quite torture porn. I would. I would still describe it as body horror, but not. It, I don't, I'm not. I'm not porn. describing it as torture porn. I'm describing the the. I'm describing the the feeling of of sitting through this movie is. It is the upper echelon of discomfort mm. to me, anyway. I, it didn't bother you the same way it did yeah. me. So maybe I'm wrong about that, but. I mean, tell us what you think. Like, it, go ahead, go watch Suspiria. Tell me how how you just yeah. thought it was uh, it was an easy movie because more power to you. I guess it yeah. was very upsetting to me. All right, so yeah, go see it once, not more. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it'll take like I don't I don't fully understand this movie. I don't think it'll be like a a horror classic like the original is talked about why not um because the original exists yeah the original exists and it's a different from from what i can read i haven't seen it but it's a completely different thing like it's a much more about the style and the music in the original and the original was much more kind of a slasher mystery kind of thing and this was much more of like a psychological horror just weird stuff i i'm interested to see the first one now yeah. I haven't. Yeah. There's just a couple like the the 
just the lattice work of the plot is used in the in this one from the old one. Yeah. There's a dance studio and an an American dancer coming in and witches. I'm not even sure if there's witches in the first one, but probably. The soundtrack is legendary. Yeah. From Goblin. Yeah. So anyways, yeah. Do with our review what you may. All right, moving on. Hey guys, if you're like me, you're fucking stupid and you don't know how to build a basic website. That's where Squareplace comes in. Squareplace makes creating a website a cinch. They'll give you all of the templates, letters, and colors that you need to establish your web presence. Just call 888-555-1222, and Squareplace will send you out a paper workbook to fill out with the included ink dauber. Just mark the pictures that match what your company does, and we'll do the rest. You don't even need a computer. In six to ten weeks, we'll send you a printed sheet of your website to pin to your house. That way, the web address is easy to remember. It's your house. Don't get confused by complicated website builders that require you to click and drag. What is that even? Try Squareplace today. That number again is 888-555-1222. Here's Taglines. Okay, so these taglines wrote themselves. Uh huh. Not necessarily that they're that good or not. I don't want to oversell it. I think. I think let let the let the listener decide for themselves. Okay. Let us know. And hey, this is something that you can put on the uh, listener survey on our website. <laughs> like, you can tell us are are the taglines actually funny? David specifically sucks. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'll go first because I know you'll have this one, and I get to steal it. Suspiria. Witches be tripping. I don't have that you one. You don't have that one? That's good, though. <laughs> Witches be tripping. <laughs> that boils it down into such a simple, fun, lighthearted. <laughs> Witches be tripping. <laughs> it's like the, uh, who, who, who's that guy who does all those, all those Yo Mama's House movies? Tyler Perry. That's oh, yeah. like the Tyler Perry tagline <laughs> for the most serious fucking movie I've ever seen in my Medea, life. Medea, Witches be tripping. <laughs> Fine, Suspiria. Finally, a real life representation of Hollywood. <laughs> what with all the all the weird uh, accusations flying around and stuff now. Mm-hmm. What if it was just a big witch's coven of uh, of this shit happening? Little girls getting stuffed into garbage compactors. Trash <laughs> compactors. All right, Suspiria. Volk me. Tired of recommending Requiem for a Dream to your friends that you want to shock? We have the answer for you. Suspiria. Bad Grandpa has a bad day. (laughs) He sure does. Suspiria. The nuclear holocaust is coming to a theater near you. Suspiria. Mean Girls in Motion. (laughs) Suspiria. Who says femininity can't be toxic, too? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Suspiria. Half the dicks are Tilda Swinton's. (laughs) Half? Half of them. Who who has another dick? 
There's a hundred percent of the dicks. No, there's one other dick that's displayed. The cop. Don't you remember them poking the cop's wiener? No. They're laughing about it. Oh. You don't remember that scene? No. You were very disturbed by it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, all right. That's all I got. That's all. I have so many more. Wow. Keep um, them rolling. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll do them quick. Suspiria. It felt like fucking an animal. <laughs> <laughs> Suspiria. Fuck that floor. Um. I mean, there's a lot of scenes of just humping. writhing and humping the floor. Yeah, a lot of humping. Okay. <laughs> Keep the laugh in. Suspiria. Footloose, but more literal. <laughs> uh. <laughs> okay. Um. Suspiria. Normal Tuesday night for women. <laughs> no, no, I thought that was funnier than it was. And then just a couple, just playing off of Black Swan. Suspiria, Bleak Swan. Bleak Swan. Or, True. Or Blacker Swan. Oh, too real. Or Suspiria, Swan Blacker. Swan Blacker. No. And then apparently my kids started typing on it because there's... Well said. Yeah. Yeah. Too many taglines. We can cut out the ones that don't work. They all work. They're, yeah. All of them work. Volk me. Volk me. That that one, maybe not. Because <laughs> it's the name of the... Uh, no, I get it. Thank you very much for the explanation. And fuck me. Yeah, just, it's an exclamation. Alrighty. Horror movie news. Did we have horror movie... Do we still not have a horror movie news thing? No, we have it came from social media. What? Do do we have a horror movie thing? Yeah. 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 No, we don't. (laughs) Yeah. 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 He had no face! Oh, Oh, wait. Here we go. Horror movie news. (laughs) (laughs) I like that. That's... (laughs) Horror movie news. Okay, so the trailers we saw in this movie, that's always fun to talk about coming up i was like that's bill burr bryce i like that guy <laughs> yeah so the front runner is uh it's always kind of interesting to see what movies play in front of you know kind of special horror movies mm-hmm. you know and now that we've gotten through the halloween season there's not as many coming through but the front runner is kind of a political drama starring hugh jackman and bill burr made an appearance in the trailer bryce, like i a, like that guy as a reporter so that'll be interesting. Um, the one horror movie that, well, there's there's two kind of horror movies, but the one actual horror movie was Anna and the Apocalypse, a zombie musical. And it's always a bad sign to me when they don't, I don't know, like people don't want to, I don't know how to feel about musicals, because there's been some pretty successful ones recently, but Hollywood is very coy about musicals still. Because they don't want to show you or play you anything in the trailer for it. Like, if you watch the La La Land trailer, there's, like, nothing in terms of the music or people actually singing in it. Wasn't it you that went and you're like, this is a musical? Yeah. And was surprised by it? No, no, that wasn't me. I I never watched... Look, there's two people, two kinds of people in this world. (laughs) People who enjoy musicals and normal people. And, uh... 
and god damn it are musicals annoying to me i love musicals i grew up on musicals yeah like i said you just you just haven't seen the right ones i've 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 been forced to sit through many musicals many you would you would probably like book of mormon at the very least yeah probably so even in like matt matt stone and trey parker's musicals of which they have a couple mm-hmm. like pretty pretty good still wouldn't put them like still wouldn't outweigh a good movie <laughs> you know it's like yeah this is good for a musical like which means this is a this is at least a solid six yeah. even the best one is just a, like a six for me yeah so anyways that'll that might end up being pretty cringy yeah looks like more on the high school musical spectrum of musicals you have an interesting way like you have there's science behind your your judgment of movie trailers like <laughs> like you have some sort of little like formula in your head of how it's supposed to go and what what makes it good or bad like uh-huh. oh this is definitely a bad movie why is that bryce and then and then you go into some long explanation that usually makes good sense. Like there's not I'm not discounting it. I'm it make it's it is held true. Yeah, it usually has to do with like okay, who's in it, who's directing it, and what did they show and not show in the trailer. Right. That's Michael the, Bay trailers show everything. Yeah. It it'll well yeah, just because it's Michael Bay, you know what you're getting into. Right. It's like okay, lots of explosions. Well, that's not that's really, not necessarily why. It's just a <clears throat> It's, well, it's a it's it's a, it's it's circumstantial. <laughs> I think I think the the moment where I knew I had it dialed in was when I watched the trailer for the Mummy, the nineties. Yeah, the Mummy. Yeah, with Brendan Fraser. You, I was like, I know exactly what that movie's going to be. It's going to be an action adventure that's goofy because it's got Brendan Fraser in it, and it's like. It's going to be, yeah, just a certain level of quality and goofiness. And that's exactly, I just remember walking out of seeing that movie. I was like, yep, I knew exactly what that was. Like, it's not, not my favorite. It's not the worst. It's just right there. Let's be very clear here. How do you feel about that movie? Uh, I don't like it. Oh, that oh, that's a tr- that's a treasured childhood memory for me. Yeah, that movie is just fun and good. Yeah, it's fun and good, and I just don't care for those types of movies. Yeah, I don't. Man. Yeah, it's been said on this show before. I don't want to walk away from a movie f- saying, "Huh, that was a romp." <laughs> I mean, it was no face off. <laughs> <laughs> well, nothing's really any face off. Like, not face off, and maybe The Rock. That's about as face offy as I can as I can get. Yeah. Um without being face off. The only other horror movie that was kind of a horror movie was a sci fi horror thriller called Prospect. I don't remember much about that trailer. It was the astronauts they're on some kind of alien planet and harvesting some kind of, you know, unobtainium. I will always love that concept. I just went back I went and watched Moon yesterday um man great movie sam what's his name rockwell sam rockwell great like playing a whole movie by himself yeah with only kevin spacey's voice to talk to Mm -hmm. and himself great movie so now that movie's problematic what moon yeah because it's got kevin spacey in it oh (laughs) i see what you mean problematic i was like why because of 
because of cloning? I agree. A <laughs> um, couple actual uh, news items. Bloody Disgusting reports that LeBron James has a pending deal to produce a remake of Friday the 13th with Vertigo Entertainment. What the fuck? On my list of things that don't need to be. Yeah. Why? Yeah. Didn't they just do a remake of Friday the 13th? Yeah. Yeah, not not too many years ago. Like 2014, I think. Yeah. Um, Vertigo Entertainment, as in like... No, I would have said DC Entertainment if, if it was if it was the Vertigo that's no uh, tied at DC. Yeah. Huh. Okay. Whatever. All right. Um, would you, if LeBron James is starring in the movie, would you actually be scared for LeBron James if someone was trying to kill him? I feel like a seven foot. He's like, clearly going to be Jason. Oh, is he? Clearly. All right. He's a mountainous giant of a man he would have to be jason in that movie all right there you go all right the iconic exorcist steps in washington dc may soon become an official historic landmark so the steps they're located in george in a georgetown neighborhood of washington dc and they're made famous after being prominently featured in the exorcist where the dude is thrown down the steps Oh, so it's been a popular tourist destination for horror fans, with many reenacting Father Karras's death scene for fun photos. Oh man, how cool would it be to? Well, <laughs> at first I'm like, how cool would it be to live near the, but something like this? And then I go, God damn it, that would be annoying after a while. <laughs> yeah, if you had to like walk down those steps and there's like people at the top, like, excuse me. We're trying to take a photo. And, you know, and like, it's just like their friend at the bottom of the stairs. Like, oh, God. I'm trying to live my again. life. Thanks. I've got to go to Starbucks. So can you make it quick? Um, yeah, so that's the only real news. There's been rumors about another um, Nightmare on Elm Street movie. Like uh, Robert England was yeah. just recently on some TV the show. Goldbergs. And he said like he'd be up for another movie. And it sounded more like, yeah, uh, sure, yeah, I I would do it. More like he could use a paycheck than anyone was actually asking him to. Yeah. And then I think the the original actress said she was up for it, too. So it's kind of one of those things where you get a couple of the actors saying, like, yeah, we're kind of on board. I need money. And if there was enough, like, you know, Kickstarter or Internet upswell, maybe it would happen. But you do? I'm not. I'm not a... I'm not betting on it. Well, Wes, Wes Craven's dead. Yeah. And... and I saw, like, pictures of, of Robert England um, as Freddy on the Goldbergs, and yeah. he looked very bloated. Just, like, looked like a really weird, low-quality Freddy. He's been drinking. Like, like, no one... I don't think anyone really wants to see oh. that. Well, I mean, yeah, sure. I'll see it. Whatever. Like, it's not like it's a... It's not like it's a sacred... Yeah. <laughs> There's been enough desecration to the series. <laughs> we still got to watch some of those. Yeah. Did you ever watch the Dream... Dream Warriors? Warriors? No, I, I still haven't. I uh, I need to I need to work my way. I, particularly, I want to hit like the big ones. So, like, yeah. Dream Warriors, um, the reboot, the 90s reboot. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, those and, are the big ones that I hear. And the... the, the um, what am I? What am I thinking of? 
the the making of documentary. Okay. Um, yeah. All right. So that's all we got. Thanks for listening. Uh, again, we're currently surveying our listeners. To learn more about you, please take a few minutes and visit our website, horrormovietalk.com, and click on our listener survey link found on the main nav bar on our website or on this post. It's on the sidebar as well. Um, If you like the show, share it with a friend. It's uh, pretty much the only way we're going to grow, and uh, we really appreciate it when you do that. What are you reviewing next week? Overlord? Yeah, next week we should be doing Overlord. Yeah, that'll so be fun. More, more backbending action. I think this this is going to be a much lighter, much more fun, adventurous sort of movie mm-hmm. than Suspiria. Yeah. Although, just about anything. Uh, Schindler's List probably be a lot lighter. <laughs> so, <laughs> not joking. All right, thanks again. Subscribe and leave a review, all that stuff. This was... Hang on, we're doing that again. Okay. That was so low energy. Okay. All right, guys! (laughs) (laughs) All right, guys. All right, it's Bryson David signing off of Hardwood Alley. Thanks again, guys. Uh, We really appreciate you listening, and we want you to have a good week. And, uh, yeah, so... We love you. We love you. Bye-bye. Bye.